What a delight to be here again. And first of all, Merry Christmas to all of you. We're going to be concentrating this morning on the angel that appeared to the shepherd. But before we read the three verses that I would like to speak on, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, your word became flesh, born in our likeness with our full humanity. And because of him, we are gathered together in worship and praise. Bless me, your servant, all of us as your people. May we have hearts that hear, believe, and rejoice in the good news of Christmas. Amen. In our call to worship this morning, we heard about beautiful feet. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. And the good news is brought by an angel. And so from Luke 2, we have heard these words already by the children. But from Luke 2, verses 9, 10, and 11, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good noise of good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do you hear? Do you hear, congregation, the first two words of that angel? Fear not. We can look throughout the Bible and we see those words said often by God or God's angels. We see them said to Abraham, Moses, Gideon, Samuel, David, Nehemiah, Daniel, Zechariah, to name only a few. Fear not. Now there are times when all of us should fear God. But there are also times when God says, fear not. And every time God says those words, fear not, something wonderful, a revelation of his grace, his abounding grace, amazing grace, beautiful grace, is about to be revealed. Fear not. And here's the grace. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Fear not. Why not? Because of great news, wonderful news, news that doesn't produce fear, but it's opposite. It produces joy. 
Fear not. Now, to be full of fear in the Bible at a revelation of God means to be terrified in an absolute panic, scared stiff, trembling, shaking. But instead of that, instead of that fear, have joy. Joy that is expressed in happiness, smiles, laughter, delight. And so I hope you see this morning the difference between fear and joy. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Notice the word describing joy. Great. Great joy. How great? For all the people. Not just movers and shakers. Not just important people, not just the scribes and the Pharisees. Good news for shepherds, for Romans, for Greeks, for Gentiles. Good news for you and good news for me. Good news for babies like we saw baptized in that family and all the children who were singing this morning. Good news for the elderly. Fear not. And so on the first Christmas day, we see fear. Fear that the shepherds had because they saw an appearance of one of God's holy angels. Their fear was turned into joy, great joy. Realize that the time of Jesus' birth was a dark and dismal time for the children of Israel. Taxes were high. Unemployment was high. Morals were slipping lower and lower. The promised land was occupied by the Romans. The voice of the Lord had been silent now for some 400 years. And the faith of most of God's people was reduced to a mere formalism. Going through the motions, going through the actions. And at the very top of that mere formalism were the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So that Jesus could say they were nothing but whitewashed tombs. They look so good on the outside, but in the inside, there's nothing but death. And the people of God, they were divided, badly divided. There was the group of the Pharisees. There was the group of the Sadducees. There were the zealots who thought they had to overthrow and destroy anything that resembled or went along with the Romans. And then there were the Herodians. The Herodians who accepted King Herod as king, who went along with the Roman way of doing things. And in this setting, they needed a message, a message of hope, a message of anticipation, 
a message of joy. And the message of the Bible to us this morning is that Christmas time is joy time. And that comes from the Bible over and over again. Listen as I recite the words of the angel to Zechariah about the birth of John the Baptist. John, remember, was the forerunner to Jesus, preparing the way for him. And you will have joy and gladness, said the angel to Zechariah, and many will rejoice at his birth. And Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, what did she say? Behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb, that's John the Baptist, leaped for joy. When John the Baptist was born to Elizabeth, her neighbors and relatives rejoiced with her. And Zechariah sang a joyful song to the Lord. And Mary, Mary's response to all of this, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. Christmas time is meant to be joy time. And we heard that in the songs that the children sang, the songs that we sing, song after song, dealing with Christmas, but dealing also with joy, joy to the world, how great our joy, joyful, joyful, we adore you, good Christian men rejoice, O thou joyful, O thou wonderful. Christmas is meant to be a time of joy and rejoicing. And yet, open your eyes to this, open your ears to this. Maybe you have friends or neighbors or family in this situation, and they need your love and your comfort, your support and your encouragement, but for so many People have such a hard time finding joy at Christmas. There are widows and widowers who face their first Christmas without your loved one. Parents who have lost a child or children who have lost a parent. There are those who have loved ones in prison or serving overseas and they can't be with them. There are those who, whatever the reason, can't afford presents for their kids and don't sit down to a meal, a proper meal, or have a home to live in. Yet the message of the Bible, in spite of life's difficulties and problems, tribulations and trials, the message of the Bible, Christmas time is meant to be joy time. Why? Because of the birth of a baby. Now generally, not every time, I'm afraid, in this sad world. But generally, as we saw this morning with baptism, 
The birth of children, the baptism of children produces joy. But the birth announced by the angel is far, far, far more special than any child born to us today. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the message of the Bible. Joy time at Christmas time because of the birth of Jesus, the Savior. And we find that message again and again in the Christmas story. Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. My Savior. Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up, what? Has raised up a horn of salvation for us and the house of a servant David. And Simeon. Even as I held that baby this morning, so Simeon was holding baby Jesus in his arms. And remember what he said? My eyes have seen your salvation. And right after he was done saying that, a woman came forward, Anna, an elderly woman. And she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption, the salvation of Jerusalem. Christmas time is joy time because of the birth of a Savior. That's the message of the angel. That's the message of Mary. That's the message of Zechariah. That's the message of Simeon. That's the message of Anna. That's the message of God to all of us this morning. Now look at your life. What do you rejoice in or about? What do people today rejoice in? A promotion at work? A rise in the stock market? A 401k retirement account or IRA? Owning your own home? Jewelry, a championship season, a new bike or computer or video game. But you know, joy, true joy, full joy comes from none of this. It might produce happiness for a little while. And that's amazing, isn't it, how short that while actually is. Joy, full joy, true joy, comes because of Christmas and the incarnation of God's own Son to be our Savior from sin. Back to the word that describes the joy, that word great. Great joy, 
The Greek language has an absolutely wonderful word there, megali. Megali. That means the biggest, the best, the fullest, the most amazing joy. It's a mega joy. Now, I searched through my Old Testament. Only three times is the phrase great joy actually found. The entire Old Testament. Over 2,000 years from Abraham on of human history. Why? Because great joy, mega joy, is extremely rare and special. And then we open the New Testament, we come to the Gospels, and they start with an angel announcing great joy, and continues with wise men who rejoice with great joy. And you know the next time we see that phrase? Some women, 30 years later, on Easter Sunday, rejoicing with trembling, rejoicing with great joy. Because the Savior has shown himself to be the Savior. He died. And he arose. Joy. Great joy because God is at work. Great joy because God is advancing his wonderful work of salvation. Great joy because the Messiah has come and God is being faithful. Great joy, God is being faithful to his covenant promises. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day, what? In the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now that's news. Good news, great news. You know, so often the news today is just awful. I think it was 2016, my wife and I stopped watching the news. We couldn't stomach it anymore. And then it became so political. Whether it was the left, whether it was the right, we couldn't believe any of it. Just terrible. Imagine if I turn on the TV this, this day and there was nothing but good stuff reported. I guess good news doesn't sell, does it? Christmas time is joy time. Because contrary to the way our world looks and operates, God's focus is good news. Great news. 
the best news of a savior. Now here's the bad news about Christmas. I do have to slip that in. We need a savior. I hope you all know that. Not from politics. Not from this world per se. We need a savior from God's judgment against our sin. We're sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. That precious little baby, she's a sinner. And we all need saving. Or we spend eternity in the fires of hell under God's fierce judgment. But the angel announced great news, good news, wonderful news that results in great joy. The Savior has come. He took our place. Suffered the judgment you and I should suffer. Experienced the wrath of God. He died for you and for me. For all the people who belong to him. But he also arose. Showed himself. To be the savior. I've mentioned. Fear. I've mentioned joy. But now I have to mention a third word. It's not found in our Bible reading, but it's all around us. Indifference. That's the option chosen by most people in our world today. Imagine going through Christmas, get-togethers, presents, parties, but not once thinking of Jesus, his miraculous birth, his sacrificial death, His saving work. Most people are that way, aren't they? Many are called, few are chosen, says Jesus, indicating most people don't give a hoot. They don't care about Jesus. And maybe, I hope not, but maybe there are a few here this morning who are that way. I want to tell you, your indifference on the last day will turn to great fear. My hope and my prayer for all of us, we listen to the angels. 
I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. A Savior has been born. In that, I rejoice, and I pray all of you rejoice too. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your angel who came with the best news. We thank you for you being our Savior. And may we and all who belong to us rejoice greatly in this wonderful news. In your precious name we pray this and God's people say, Amen.